0: So, Retrospectors, what historical events are we ticking off on this week's run of Today in History?
1: Well, Monday is the anniversary of the first riot of the Luddites.
0: Then on Tuesday, we unearthed the mad coincidence of the day two different Dennis the Menaces made their comic strip debuts. On Wednesday, the day the Spanish conquered the last Maya kingdom.
1: Thursday was the day Colonel Sanders sued KFC.
0: And on Friday, we recall how Vincent van Gogh's sister-in-law made his name. We discuss this and more on Today in History with the Retrospectors. Ten minutes... Every weekday, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the inevitable conclusion of F1 Podcasts.
2: I mean, we knew it was going to end like this for the whole season, really. What was the point of doing all these hours?
0: I'm not. I'm surprised it didn't happen earlier.
1: Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the cheap Mexican stereotype of F1 Podcasts.
0: I don't uh... think that's very fair.
1: Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the podcast that gets cocky on a Saturday and then really bogs down.
2: I'm really sad for Ricardo because he screwed that up.
1: Welcome to For Formula One's Sake, the F1 podcast that isn't very good at high altitude.
2: Currently, we are in a cellar <laughs> and it's we are well. having a disastrous recording, so actually, high altitude might have been a better option.
1: I'm Chigarett, and today from the Southwark Tavern, we're going to talk about the Mexican Grand Prix. Hamilton won the title at last, Verstappen failed to become a record breaker, but won the race, while Ricardo's car broke down as per normal. We're going to talk about all of that, plus force gone on all of your opinions in this Christmas corner, and Terry is going to impress us all with his genius in the state of F1. That's all to come. Joining me is a motoring journalist who this week met F1 royalty. It is Phil Tromans.
0: Hello, everyone. Yes, I'm calling in again from a distant, uh, a distant location, so I have no idea what chaos is going on in the uh, in the pub. But uh, I've been away this week, and I rubbed shoulders with uh, with you know one of the biggest names in uh, F1 history. And I want to see if you can guess who it is. If, is it Nigel Mansell? It wasn't Nigel Mansell, but it, it no. uh, is. it if, Murray it, Walker? No. If I were to say to you Ferrari. Was it Enzo Ferrari? It wasn't Enzo Ferrari. If I was, to was you. Was it if Michael I, Schumacher? If I were did to you get a job? If, I were, to, if I were to <laughs> say to you Spanish drivers and Ferrari. Ferrari.
2: Was it Mika Salo? He was Finnish. <laughs> uh, was it um, Pedro Diniz? Who is? I mean, who's the most famous
0: Spanish driver that drove a I'm Ferrari? I'm not going to
2: say the word you want me to say because it won't be Alonso. So who was it?
0: No, it wasn't Alonso. Maybe, maybe you remember the other famous Spanish Ferrari driver, Marc Genet. Anyway, I didn't meet him, but I did meet his brother, Jordi, uh, who's very nice. So you met his what? His cousin? His his brother, Geordi Gené. His brother, Jordi Gené. Yeah.
1: I mean, that's really impressive, but that is not F1 royalty, Phil. Yeah,
2: that is not F1 royalty. Well, that's you know, F1 ro- royalty. That's like meeting Princess Eugenie's dog or something. <laughs> I think that you'd find that's still a royal dog.
1: And alongside him is a man who's scared a chambermaid. I... It's Terry Saunders.
2: So, I'm very tired because this weekend, let's just do a little pop quiz. Of the three of us, which of us have spent a week in the place where they were conceived?
0: Uh, Me. I mean, I didn't know, I where, I don't was know where I was conceived, so, so I've
2: no idea. Not, neither of you know. That's <laughs> Your Christmas dinners must be weird. <laughs> anyway... <laughs> So, I was in Guernsey where my dad was stationed in the Navy in the 70s. Actually,
1: I did know that about you. You bring bring (laughs) this up a lot.
2: It's my tattoo. You're dropping it. So, I had some friends that were getting married in Guernsey this week, so I've been in Guernsey until late last night. Did I say Guernsey? Have I just been saying Guernsey the whole time? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Gibraltar. Right. Wow. <laughs> but your so Christmas dinner is interesting. <laughs> Jesus. a good holiday, yeah? I was with the wrong family at Christmas this year. <laughs> <laughs> I was in fucking Gibraltar. I just said Guernsey every time, didn't I? Yeah, yes. every time. So weird. But so you, were you
1: conceived in Guernsey? <laughs> I
2: was conceived in Gibraltar. <laughs> right. And I was in Gibraltar this week. Anyway, that's nothing to do with my story, right? <laughs> right? The weather was terrible in Gibraltar. There's nothing to do. And it rained so hard that we got really wet. So I got back to the hotel. We were staying in quite a nice hotel where uh, Sean Connery stayed after he got married, no less. Mm. I had a shower, was naked, got into bed and we were making some wedding presents, craft stuff because we're really twee and hip like that. And we were so wet and cold, I said, let's get room service because I've never... I don't know about you. I mean, Phil, you're a very hotel-based mm. person. Do you ever get room service?
0: Yes. yes I cool knew
2: he would. Of course cool he would. He loves it. I bet he uses the minibar as well. Whereas normally in a hotel, I never go near it because I'm just like, well, they're charging 15% more. I must just go downstairs and eat, thereby ruining the point. (laughs) So instead, I was just like, you know, you're only young once. Let's get room service. I never did that when I was young. So I ordered a sandwich. It came, and as there was a knock on the door, I got my wife Claire to answer it. And as she answered the door, I had this realisation that the woman's going to bring the sandwich in. And I'm lying there in bed naked with lots of bits of coloured paper all kind of cut out on the bed. And so she walks in and she basically looks at me and then... T- I mean, I'm going to say kind of screams and says, I'm so sorry, should I have left it outside? And I'm like, no, 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 bring it in. And I realise that's probably creepier. Like, come and bring it closer to my penis. And um, I mean, for the record, you couldn't see anything you know it's i was decent from the waist up no (laughs) other way around decent (laughs) from the waist down in guernsey i was fully naked but i was this time so what i'm saying is she looked really scared and um i tipped her quite largely with money not okay Chica, chica
1: what
0: have you been up to
1: well, I wasn't sure what to, my story to tell you. Um, last weekend, I uh, dressed up as Donald Trump. I went to a Halloween party. Um, that's the sort of thing you dress up and you think it's really funny, but then on the tube you look like a dick. So. Um,
2: that's my every day with meggings.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that needs to stop.
2: I wore meggings for breakfast at the hotel. and It yeah. was a hotel that mainly... The main uh, occupants were like 70. Oh, no, uh, that's not Did not... Either. Got a lot of looks. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. Back to you.
1: So I'm going to tell you a much more boring story, but it creeped me out so much. So today I worked in a cafe and there was a group of mums and it was like a mum gang, you know, and I think there was like 13 or 14 of them, which is a lot of mums and babies. And they started <coughs> chatting and um, I heard a bit of it and they were talking about, eating their placentas oh no yeah i know it was horrible what kind of weird (laughs) shoreditch
0: cafe were you in
1: no it wasn't it wasn't it was like (coughs) it was a rough cafe and uh so basically what i found out is if you pay 150 pounds you can get it made into a smoothie
2: oh i could do it for cheaper than that (laughs)
0: 150 pounds
2: give me a nutribullet your placenta and um a banana (laughs)
1: to the slightly awkward stadium section that makes up listeners corner where you write to us and we talk about what you've written it's a hugely original concept so let's start by talking about the race winner jack derrick says i'm fascinated to hear how long terry's verstappen routine can hold up against the impending inevitability of his excellence But, Craig Howard responds, the Red Bulls were the two quickest cars. The fastest driver on the Saturday had a clutch issue that affected his start on the Sunday and ultimately failed with another DNF. So, Verstappen's win was by default.
2: Which is basically my understanding of this. Yes, Jack Derrick, Jack, if that's your real name, um, (laughs) then I don't believe that this proves that Verstappen is excellent. I mean... He did well, but Hamilton was never going to do that well because he was coasting to a championship. Vettel just screws things up. Raikkonen still pissed from his win, and uh, Ricardo has done. You know, let's face it, Ricardo has become a, a laughing stock. So, you know, it was basically yet again. And I think apart from that one race in the wet where Verstappen did all right, and I think was quite impressive everything he's won he always wins when no one else can really win it so sorry jury's still out and when i say jury i say me and when i say out i mean obstinate
0: so what you're saying is the only time Verstappen wins is when he's better than everyone else
2: no it's not when he's better than <laughs> everyone else i thought i else. thought that's how it worked no yeah well, a that is how racing works but b it's not when he's better than everyone else it's when everyone else is doing worse on
0: purpose Right, so you're saying all the other drivers colluded to give Verstappen this win?
2: Not colluded, but they all had their individual problems. I've yet to see Verstappen on a fair fight when everyone's on equal pegging win, except for that one time when he did it in the wet when he did that. But apart from that time and all the other times when he's done better, he's only done better because the others have done worse. And he hasn't done
0: demonstrably better.
1: Terry, that is racing. You win right. because you're better than everyone else. He hasn't, he hasn't done demonstrably <laughs> better
0: apart from, you know, winning the race.
1: Look,
2: if you're gonna get bogged down in the details here, Phil, then we're gonna be here all night. But let's face it, the stats prove out that he only wins when he wins.
1: <laughs> okay. He might not be in the podium, but Lewis Hamilton finally wrapped up his fifth world title. As he crossed the line, the little radio icon flashed up on screen and we all expected to hear the teary voice of Stevenage's finest. But instead, we got the fresh Prince of Bel-Air for some reason. Matt Hawkins asked, Could we have 50 minutes on the shite that was Will Smith's message, please? Cheers! I didn't hear that.
0: What the fuck was that all about?
1: I mean, you, it was... Could you uh, repeat it, please, for those of us...
2: I don't know, I I can't remember word for word what he said. I can. Certainly.
0: Okay, go on, Phil. He said, hey, Lewis, congrats, man. That's how you do it, baby. Just like I taught you. That's how you do it. Just like that. That's how you're supposed to drive. Which is sort of a bit like his line from Bad Boys. Or maybe Bad Boys 2. And it It was just very weird.
2: It sounds to me like someone got one of those iPhone apps where you can, like a soundboard app, and they actually just made a joke kind of... Here's a Will Smith message, and then Toto wolf not getting a joke, went, Oh my God, that's amazing. We'll put it on if he wins.
1: But that is the sort of thing that Hamilton would like. He knows that. He loves that kind of
2: shit. He yeah. loves famous people saying he's good. Oh, well, no. This
0: is a famous person saying, this is just like I taught you. So Will Smith is suggesting that he taught Lewis Hamilton how to drive.
2: Well, I think that's a fair thing to say, because Will Smith, as we all know, is great at everything he touches.
0: I mean, he couldn't even be bothered to drive across America. If you remember, he got a taxi from uh, West Philadelphia to Bel Air. He couldn't oh, yeah. even be bothered to drive, so I don't trust him.
2: Yeah, but he didn't want to drive because he's such a good driver. He didn't want to waste his talent
1: on a mundane commute. And he was do going think- to a family he didn't know, which is always quite nerve wracking. Yeah,
2: exactly. And there's a lot on. He probably had a drink.
1: And you know, do you think Lewis Hamilton drives
0: everywhere? No, that's true. He probably doesn't actually. Okay. Exactly.
1: So some of our listeners want to see the driver lineup change, not in 2019. Philip Morby says, for example, Daniel Ricciardo saying Gasly can have his car because he's done with it. I'm okay with this for final two races of the year. Demote a Danny and see if a Max wins. And Mike Stoner says, Hamilton out, Ocon in. Come on, Mercedes, you know it makes sense.
2: I full-heartedly agree with both of these. Ricciardo should be slung on his hook, whatever the phrase is, Get Gazzy in because Gazzy's going to have to get used to playing second fiddle to Max next year, so let's ease him in gently.
1: <laughs> but he knows that.
2: And Hamilton, yeah, we know he's going to phone in the next two races. Every time he wins a championship, he doesn't even bother turning up. Let's make him literally not turn up. Or even better, let's make Hamilton drive the last two races in a Force India. That would be great. I think that would be good. That would be great.
0: Before we finally get to see that um, that Hamilton versus Perez battle that we've been uh, waiting for for so long. <laughs>
2: Those two ex (laughs) McLarens finally going at it one-on-one. Oh, that's what the
1: series needs. So another news has been a woman in Formula One car again. Colombian GP3 driver Tatiana Calderon had a go in the Sauber C37 in a filming day held after the Mexican race, and by all all accounts did rather well. It wasn't a proper test as she actually only did 23 laps, but Sauber haven't ruled out bringing her back in in the future. So is Tatiana a name we should be remembering for the future? Tatiana is a very strong name in that's itself. That's a good
2: name. And Calderon, that's a good surname for Formula One. And her little three letters would be Cal. That's good.
0: Yeah, that is good. Yeah. I like it, yeah. So I doubt sorted. it's going to happen, though, because, you know, well, good luck to her, and it's great to see another woman in a Formula One car. She doesn't have a record in in GP3 that suggests she's particularly good. She's not won a race but or had a, a or anything like that.
2: Yeah, no gives a shit, it's sad, she can go against Kimi Räikkönen and they can just both say nothing.
0: I mean, I don't know, she's from, uh, well, Kimi from, Colombia. I don't know if she's got a load of sponsorship money behind her, so maybe she could, you know, get a pay seat later on, who knows.
1: OK. Calderon's test follows with the announcement of a new single-seated series for women only called W Series.
2: Women Series.
1: No. The series is free to end, maybe it's Womb Series just saying. Um, the series is free to enter. If you with
2: win, you get your placenta in a smoothie for free.
1: Oh. <laughs> oh, I'd hate to see that podium. <laughs> oh, it's gone all over the, mechanic's face. <laughs> the series is free to enter with drivers selected by ability rather than budget. Well, that's weird, isn't it? They'll race to win money, which can be used to fund future racing. The series has been welcomed by some, including highly rated drivers like Jamie Chadwick and Alice Powell. However, several other high profile female drivers, including IndyCar drivers Pippa Mann and Simona de Silvestro, aren't keen, saying women need to operate on a level playing field to men, not a girls only series. So the level playing field to men is not about talent, it's about money. Yeah, so why would al- you want to be on the same level as that?
2: And also, women aren't getting very far on a level playing field to men because it is about, it isn't about talent because no one gets there with talent. It's all about backing and money. I don't understand why more women don't have better backing because surely they'd be a huge story. If you're the first proper woman in F1 for God knows how many years, that would be a huge marketing boom. Yeah. But for some reason it's not. So is this a good idea? I mean, it doesn't feel like a good idea, but... It feels better
1: yeah, than nothing. If that's the, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. If that's the only only opportunity they've had so far. Then I think it's really good.
0: Well, some of, some of the counter uh, opinions seem to be uh, that there should be more something more like, for example, the Red Bull Young Driver program uh, that's aimed at women, where you sort of you know you try and uh, bring women up through the ranks, as opposed to having a completely separate series for them. I think that's what people have got a problem with.
2: Yes, and I think there should be, but. But there isn't, so what can we do? Can I, we think, that's, I that? think
1: that's the first step to yeah. doing
0: that. Better this than nothing.
1: Anyway, yeah. so we will have a new test driver in the post season Abu Dhabi test, and it's another son of a former F1 driver. Louis Deltraz is a 21 year old Swiss Formula 2 driver, but more importantly, he's the son of F1 le- legend, yes, Jean Louis Deltraz. That is a, they were obviously creative with their son's name.
2: That's a good name to have, isn't it? Let's knock off the Jean.
1: So he's a pay driver of limited skill who raced three times in Formula 1 for Pacific and La Russe in the mid-90s, and he was shit. Hopefully, Louis is a bit better. But he won't be. Lastly, who likes fascists? Me? What? Yeah. Everybody's favourite Brazilian Formula E driver, Felipe Massa, that's who. So in the wake of the general election in... Brazil of a far-right politician, Felipe tweeted his approval, including the words Brazil above all, God above all, which is more than a little Third Reich-ish. So the president's stances include being anti-homosexuality, anti-same-sex marriage, anti-abortion, anti-secularism, pro-gun and pro-death penalty. He also described Brazil's 20-year military dictatorship as a glorious time for the country and said the Chilean dictator, Augusto Pinochet, should have killed more people. He sounds lovely. Massa now lives in Monaco, by the way. I mean, you know
2: that period in 2008 where Massa was nearly world champion for like a few minutes before Lewis Hamilton crossed the line? And we all looked at him and went, isn't he humble? Isn't he a good sportsman <laughs> that he... Uh, he stood there saying nothing, and he's just taken his defeat. Turns out, in his head, he was just thinking, gas them all. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I got.
1: So on that note, tell us how wrong we are. You can tweet us at For F1's Sake, or you can find us on Facebook, where we're For F1's Sake, or email us at wrong at ff1s.com. time for the teams. So, Mercedes, Hamilton won. Great start, but uh, he had tyre problems. Did that matter? No, he won. Bottas ended up in fifth, which was caused mainly by the fact it ended up being a three-stop race, which I think was two stops too many. So, my question is, if it wasn't for the fact that Hamilton actually won and became world champion, do you reckon Mercedes would have been pretty disappointed with that race?
2: I mean, yeah, but they always have bogey tracks. Red Bull was always going to be good because of... uh high altitude i don't really understand it and means the engine doesn't
0: it, work as well so the, the the engines are more level than they normally are so their their exactly, power so deficit isn't such an issue
2: mercedes are down on power and it doesn't matter because he became five times world champion no one cares yeah and if they hadn't become five times world champion then they would have done it the next race so
0: although you Mes- know mercedes still haven't won the team's championship though have
2: they well they won't with bottas driving like a end, will they but you know you never know he, he Oh Bottas is just like come on, he's rubbish. Yeah,
1: because that, because he's number two man. Uh, His t- teammates just won the world championship. He feels like shit. I think Give they the should get rid of break. him
2: but opening the car next year. I think Bottas should go. No, I think there I should disagree. be a shock announcement over the winter that Bottas has been
0: fired. I mean he's got a he's got a contract, although I admittedly that doesn't mean anything in F one half the time.
2: Uh what's a contract anymore?
1: Is there a transfer deadline day?
2: No, but transfer deadline day would be a great thing in Formula
0: 1. Oh, not if it means Sky doing that bloody thing they did a few months ago.
1: Red Bull, Verstappen won, which uh, he was pretty happy about, but on Saturday he had what you could call a predictable tantrum after qualifying in second. Um, however, at the end of the race he said, and I just want to let you know he wasn't being bitter or anything, that anyone could have won in Hamilton's car.
2: What, the championship yeah. what, he's, well I mean in a way he's got a point but what about also, Bottas? anyone accepts Bottas yeah and I don't know there's something right we know I hate Verstappen yeah. we know that my tenuous saying he's rubbish is getting harder to uh to uh, argue but we can definitely say he is a little <laughs> right? oh. the, the way he talks like the way at the last race he was like have you won the championship yet when he knew he hadn't right he has no respect for other drivers. Him he's saying stuff like 21. that. He's 21. Yeah, but you know Everyone's that one day it's going to come back 21. on him. And when he's 25, there's going to be when he's like a world champion, there's going to be some new hotshot driver who's going to piss him off, and he'll be there going, "Oh, this guy shows me no respect." It happens. It's a song as old as time, and I'm sick of hearing it. Verstappen, grow up.
1: So that was your that was your uh, every podcast we get of a Verstappen rant. Yeah. Thank you. But once again,
0: he did, he did win the race quite comprehensively, and apart from qualifying, was quicker than Ricardo all weekend. Yeah, but qualifying is where it matters, and Ricardo trounced him. Well, I wouldn't go as far as I say trounced him. It was it was thousands of the he seconds. He beat him. He did beat yeah, him in but- qualifying. And trounced. Didn't Ricardo uh, celebrate over-exuberantly about it as well? He did, and perhaps the problem with
2: Ricardo is that he. Uh, Totally spanned it on Sunday. But if we pretended the time stopped on Saturday, Ricardo
1: fucking tranced
2: him. Okay.
1: Ricardo actually slacked his team off after the race and they were offended. What oh, yeah, Ricca- did they what, expect?
2: Ricardo would just kind of say, What's the point of turning up? There's no point in racing. Just I give mean, the I'm car. totally
1: behind him. Yeah,
2: he's had, a, he's had the worst
0: luck. He yeah, has eight retirements um, now.
1: Yeah,
2: I mean, and it's never his fault. It always seems to come at that point in the race where you think, oh, everything's settled down, and then suddenly here comes old Smokey Danny. <laughs> they should they should get him advertised in Marlborough. He should, you should drive a Ferrari, the amount of smoke coming out of his rear.
0: Wow, it's project
1: winner. <laughs> although this time,
2: that's how you smoke, isn't it? <laughs>
1: um, although this time he wasn't in a ridiculous fancy dress outfit, so I think I it was mean, slightly more respect. Which is a shame.
2: It would, have been, it would have been slightly better if he had of his hat, helmet was a sombrero. <laughs> When he got out of the car, he just had like, he was like bejeweled. And, uh.
0: And when. You know know those uh, headdresses they take out before they can get out of the car? If that was in the shape of like a big Spanish guitar or something.
2: And his helmet had like a Day of the Dead skull on it.
1: (laughs) Ferrari! Um, so if everything else in the race hadn't been overshadowed by the world champion it would have been a not bad weekend for Ferrari Vettel and Raikkonen came home in second and third respectively. It was a good drive from Vettel um, but He knew he was about to lose any possible chance of uh, winning the world championship, although he, he lost that ages ago um, So he was relatively miserable. Um, although did you hear uh, when it, uh, Hamilton was jumping around and they were filming it and then in the background you could hear um, Vettel's voice, sadly, and the loudspeaker. Yes. <laughs>
2: Just being a little pathetic. <laughs> yes. but, but
1: really pleased for him. But also. Um... But then,
2: did you also see that clip where Vettel goes into the Mercedes garage to kind of congratulate everybody? Yeah. And do like a really good, the opposite of a staffer, and a really good sportsman-like thing. But at the same time, if you look at the clip, all the people working, but next to monitors, are trying to like hide their monitors because obviously they don't want him to see that. I don't know, they're just playing solitaire or something, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, he wasn't actually there out of, uh,
0: out of good humour. He was there to try and steal some, uh, some information.
2: Yeah, or maybe they were watching porn and uh, <laughs> Vettel is, you know, he's a family man. He wouldn't like that kind of thing. But I find that very funny.
1: Renault Hulkenberg had a pretty boring race. Uh, he came home in sixth. But I, I don't actually think on this way home in sixth, he saw another car. Um, signs had to retire with tech issues, but on the plus side, though, uh, they are now a bit more in fourth than they were in the last race.
2: With Force India becoming a new team and losing all their points, and McLaren totally screwing up their car,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not impressive, Renault in
2: fourth isn't really a problem. But
1: um, on the plus side of Renault, um, Red Bull's performance uh, had made Renault look actually very good because of their engines. Yeah, But it obviously made Apart Renault. Apart from the ones that blow
2: up. Oh, yeah, one did blow up. Actually, you no, know, that was a clutch issue that blew up, wasn't it? I don't know. Ricardo. yeah, it was a clutch thing. It was a Red Bull
0: thing. Apparently, it's the only thing they buy in, and it always breaks. Renault have been a bit up and down this year, but they, they seem to have uh, come decent again. And um, Holkenberg looks set to pick up the uh, best-of-the-rest title, uh, and Renault get the best-of-the-rest constructors title. So you've got to say it's been a fairly good season for them.
2: It's been okay. Yeah. I mean, they're best of the rest what can you say I mean I can't imagine next year Ricardo is going to be having much fun there or maybe he will maybe he'll enjoy not dressing as a caravan maybe he'll
0: still do it <laughs> maybe. not, not maybe an official he'll team sponsored thing he'll just off his own back
2: he'll insist that the Renos are decorated like a horse <laughs>
1: Williams. They weren't actually in the points, um, but they both finished in the double figures and it was the double figures not to be ashamed of. Struck came home in 12th and Sorokin in 13th. Um, so considering what's been going on this season, it's drinks all around for the team.
2: They're actually doing all right, which is still terrible, which is a damning indictment of Williams, is that their good weekends are still shit.
1: So, on the downside, they actually got a fine for an unsafe pit release. So, I've got two questions for you. One, what the hell happened there? And two, what do you think the WDOC Williams drink of choice would be?
2: Well, I'll let Phil tackle the first question. I will say the second question
0: is...
1: Well, no, let Phil go first. OK, go on
0: then. Well, what happened is that, the, that Stroll ran over one of his pit crew. Um, I didn't quite see how it happened, but there was basically just a shot of going out and one of the pit crew in the background just tumbling around. Um, and it, it just looked like Stroll was like,
2: I'm going now, Boop. yeah. But it sounds a bit, it wasn't actually his fault, he was released. Uh, you it's
1: know, it's
2: his it, own team anyway. It's not his own team, is it? Because uh, he's on the way out because his daddy has bought another team, he doesn't care. Williams are basically like the toy that he's probably left in the garden of his huge, his huge, like 26 hectare garden. And one day there was a toy that he begged his dad to buy him, you know, maybe it was a a small family's house, and then when he got bored of it, he just left. It's a rock, and that's the same with Williams. He's bored. He doesn't care if the mechanics get hurt. He's going on to false India. Yep. But drink of choice? Well, it wouldn't be a martini because they've abandoned Williams. Is there a cocktail called a calamity? I think it would be like a beer that was popular in the 80s, that isn't around now. Well, like Hofmeister. Michelob. Michelob. That's a good one. Also, there's Forex, which is a it's a funny drink to remember, isn't it? It was called Forex. Is that,
0: not, that I don't know, what did happen to that? What did happen to that? It turns out it was poisonous. If you know what happened to <laughs> Castlemaine Forex, write in at wrong.ff1s.com. What was
2: the slogan? Castlemaine Forex. Something, something, anything else?
0: Australians well, wouldn't I, drink anything else or something like that, wasn't it?
2: Australians wouldn't drink it. was It was an Australian beer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah It was like oh, Fast India. That's what Daniel Ricciardo drinking out of a shoe.
1: <laughs> Force India! They should have diverted their energy into sightseeing drinking sangritas and got cracking on that wall. Instead, Perez retired with brake problems from his home Grand Prix. Am I right in thinking um, that most of the drivers in their home Grand Prix have had failures?
2: It does seem, but it's just the pressure's on. Like, you don't notice it otherwise, but you know there's this kind of... As a hardened fan who's very cynical... <laughs> I still feel sad when Perez goes out at his home grumpery. I'd like him to get a good result there. But you already notice it. It's like it's like those people who believe that coincidences are something to do with astrology or something. It's just a coincidence. <laughs> Nothing to do with
1: You haven't me looking at your star Oris. sign, have you?
2: What?
1: <laughs> you have me looking at your star sign?
2: Yeah, my star sign says you, your flight's gonna be diverted, you're gonna end up going to fucking Malaga at one in the morning and then you're gonna have a row with someone who works for EasyJet, get told don't swear at me Well I didn't swear, I just said shit. <laughs> that was my uh, horror I mean, go.
1: compared to the rest of your swearing, yeah. that's. They've clearly not lot. heard the
0: podcast.
2: Well, the truth is, it was Claire that swore, and then I defended her by saying, she didn't swear, and she did. She told me after she did, and I didn't hear it. So I, I got really obnoxious with this woman, going, she did not swear. How dare you say she swore? you just saying that to get out of the fact that you've communicated this badly. And then Claire went, no, I did say it was shit. I was like, oh, great, thanks. Thanks, darling. <laughs> okay. Well, if we're thinking
0: about her coincidences and conspiracy theories, did you notice that the first three drivers to retire were all Spanish-speaking in a Spanish-speaking country?
2: Yep, that's, uh, that's the Trump effect.
1: So back to the team, Ocon cocked up at the start, uh, he lost crucial bits of his car and then to the spicing up, spicings up he hit Hartley and came back saying, Terry.
2: Uh, is this Ocon saying this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, nothing is going right in this race, I recommend the red wine.
1: <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. McLaren in what is becoming a fairly predictable weekend for Alonso, in other words, a massive failure, followed by a buoyant interview, in other words, counting down the days so he can retire. Reminder, he drove over crucial bits of Ocon's car, which meant he had to retire. Van Dorn did well, though. He uh, did a one-stop race, and he finished in eighth, which I think, correct me if I'm wrong, these are his first points since Baku?
2: I think it's his first points for a long time. Well, that
1: was April, so... That's, I
2: mean, he's really done badly. Like I watched qualifying, and just... Just the inevitability of him finishing so far beneath Alonso. That man is broken. So let's get rid of him.
0: Although his resurgence is a good chance to uh, plug our Stoffel ruffle t-shirt.
2: Yes, if you want to buy a t-shirt, maybe you want a t-shirt for I don't know, doing decorating in, or as a rag to uh, polish shoes. It'll then be it'll be Stoffel really t-shirt. it'll be
0: really ironic in a few years time.
1: Or you could just get a really big one and pretend it was like before you lost weight.
2: Yes, that's a good idea. Make out that you were fat.
1: <laughs> it's worth all that money. Hey-us. Hey-us.
2: Hey, yes. Yeah. Hey, yes.
1: So uh, they both started at the back and they put tyres on that didn't really work. Grosjean pissed everyone off, uh, Williams, by hitting Hartley. Uh, and I have absolutely no idea what Magnuson did, but he ended up in 15th. So whatever it was, it didn't really work very well.
2: I mean, it's gutting that Grosjean didn't get any more points on his license and that race ban because they've taken points off on the Monday. um, Do you reckon that's why he did it? I don't know. They were just awful.
0: Yeah, they were were nowhere this weekend. They were both out in Q1 as well, weren't they?
2: I mean, they are an American team.
1: Ah. So they just don't like Mexico. Wow. Look at you, always thinking outside the box. Thank you. Toro Rosso. Gasly did really well here. He did some good overtakes and he came home with a point. Hartley in his beautiful hairs race was less good. Uh, It could probably be classed as shit. Uh, He flat spotted his tyre and had to hit the pit early. That saying is going to catch on.
2: I've got to hit the pits early. That's what you say when you're uh, clubbing. Going to go and hit the pits.
1: He says with a tyre under his arm.
2: Yeah, that's when you just go home. You know when um, someone goes, oh, where's Chica? I thought she was still here. Oh, she hit she the pits. Hits. She hit the pits early. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: That also sounds like I could be going putting deodorant on the toilet, though. So, <laughs> there's so many angles Those to this. places
2: where there's like a, a guy or a woman with lollipops yeah. and all the smeddies, yeah. maybe that's it in the pits. <laughs> hey, I've come to hit the pits early. <laughs> They're like, oh, do you want a lollipop? Do you say to your
1: friends when you're going to go, do you just show,
0: go box, 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 and then run off?
1: Box, box, box. I'm hitting the pit early. I'm yeah. not sure. I'm not sure. I feel like that's a bit of an injoke. Sorry, guys. I've just got to anywhere. retire the
0: car. Got to change my strategy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, but anyway, back to Hartley. He hit Ocon and he threw his toys out of the pram, which is actually metaphor for throwing bits of his cars all over the track. And he got a three-second penalty.
2: I mean, Toro Rosso were just there to say that Honda are going to be good next year. I mean... They are right. Honda are doing better. They're not as embarrassing. Ugh, I have. What else can you say? They're just. They're just existing.
0: Yeah.
1: That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> Sober. Finally, Sauber went a little bit off the wall and they started on the Hyper Super Mega Soft tyre, which is the pink one to normal people that don't really care about tyre strategy. However, his daring move worked and they lasted a long time. So that when Leclerc and Ericsson both came home in the points. I felt like they really deserved that. Yeah,
2: because Sauber are the team that normally do these crazy strategies that never work. And you go, oh, where's Sauber? Oh, Ericsson's in 20th because he stood on these tyres that he using the last race (laughs) so it's good they did a crazy strategy and actually kind of pulled it off
1: it's good because they can afford to do the crazy strategies yes so it's exciting yeah when you've got nothing to lose you
2: might as well risk it all here we go
1: and now it is time for the standings with Terry Saunders
2: okay so obviously the dominating thing of this race has been the five times world championship for Lewis Hamilton so let's talk about I want to say the final driver's listings because no one cares the next two races, do they? So, in first place, Lewis Hamilton, he's a five-time world champ. In second place, it's Sebastian Vettel, who is a zero-time world champ in a Ferrari. Then you've got Kimi Raikkonen, who's a one-time world champ in a Ferrari. He is one better than Vettel. Uh, Bottas, he felt like a world champion a Williams and he thought he was going on to better things. And uh, how did that go for you, mate? Uh, then there's Verstappen in fifth place. Everyone thinks he'll be a world champion, but he won't. Um, Ricardo Ricardo will never be a world champion. And Renault, Nico Hülkenberg. If he does become a world champ, he'll bizarrely be the only one to do it whilst never getting a podium. Sergio Perez, he did not place in the Grand Designs Championship. I say that because there was an interview with him on Sky where he was in his house, and it was basic decor. Like, it was a grand house looking over the sea. But it was like that guy had gone to Debenhams. It was not like it was not high quality stuff. I feel like some of the rooms would have had like quotes on the walls. It was that kind of. Oh, look. Wow.
1: That's just compared to yours with this sort of 80s plush carpets and loads of pillows. And I'd have neck rag rolling curtains.
2: like in changing rooms and MDF.
1: <laughs> what, do you
0: what do you reckon Perez's um, uh, inspirational quotes would be on his wall?
2: Just. Don't, don't pit, don't do the pit early. Now what's that phrase? going to pit, don't pit early. Hit the late. Pit. Hit the pits late. <laughs> Ninth place, Karen Magneton. Two balls, one mouth champion. Um, tenth place, Fernando Alonso. His championships were so long ago they have been taken off his license. Eleventh <laughs> place, Esteban Ocon. Here's my bold prediction. He's gonna be 2019 world champion.
0: Wow.
2: But he's gonna do it by just turning up on his own. <laughs> Carlos Sainz is 12th place, who is the champion for fading into obscurity. Uh, Roman Grosjean has most points this year on his license. Uh, 14th place, he's been taking advice from Kimi and Bottas on how not to be a champion, which is ironic when Kimi was a champion, but let's not uh, think too hard. Charles Leclerc is in 15th, he's the next Ferrari champ. And Stofferoffel, which (laughs) has been going so badly that Stofferoffel for the first time is a word that's actually being removed from the Oxford English (laughs) dictionary. Marcus Ericsson is probably going to be IndyCar champion because every shit F1 driver that goes to Indy ends up winning. Uh, Lance Stroll is being left on Tentahooks champ, Brendan Hartley is the Unluckiest Man Alive champ and Sergei Sirotkin is last and he is simply (laughs) Novi-Champ. And the constructors, Mercedes! Now, what I thought I'd do here is do a bit of a highlight of the technical challenges of each team over the year uh, in a pithy way that doesn't really explain anything so in first place holy wheels Batman that's Mercedes because they've got wheels with lots of holes in uh. Uh, Ferraris two sensors in the shower I just cheat and go <laughs> um, Red Bull they're raking everything in except points that's because their car's got a very high rake oh that's very technical Renault very technical thank you still yellow and only better than McLaren because um, well McLaren <laughs> uh, Haas their floor cheats McLaren, everything we do is wrong is their new slogan. <laughs> that's going to be available on all the t-shirts next year. Uh, False India, fiscally interesting. Uh, Scudera Toro Rosso, uh, officially Red Bull's 2019 Dino. They just happen to be racing. Uh, Sauber have been the Halo testers for the year. They're the ones that have had the Halo really aggravated most. And Williams, who uh, whose new slogan is, we literally have no clue what we are doing. And that's
1: it's catchy, that's,
2: that's what their shareholder report says. It's good.
1: <laughs> so now it is time for a quiz. Chicken quiz,
2: chicken quiz, quizy chicken quiz. Chika chika quiz. Chika this
1: chika 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 quiz is things that world champions have said in post victory interviews. And Interesting. I'm going to do the the quote and then you have to tell me who it was and for a bonus point what year. Okay. Okay, so number one, I'm a bit speechless. I don't know what you are supposed to say at this moment.
2: Terry, David Hill, 96. No. no. Oh. Phil. Phil? Kimmy Räikkönen, 2007. No. Uh, Mika Hackenan
1: No. Really Bell. well. Yes. Uh, what year? Uh, what year?
2: 2015. No. Because <laughs> that <I> was... Hamilton. <laughs>
1: 2012. It was 2010. So you've got one point. you got one Phil point. Phil has none. Okay. Number two. That race today, to me, was worthy of becoming world champion. Koboyashi is absolutely crazy. Very aggressive. It was a great race. Really enjoyable. That was the perfect way to do it.
2: Jensen Button. Terry. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Oh, uh 2000 and... Are you looking at my screen? I'm not looking at your screen. 2000 and...
1: I mean, you're just pretending Phil. not to know. Phil. Because... Yes, Phil.
0: 2009. Seven. Nine.
1: Yes. Again. Ah. so that's one point each. Next, it feels like a normal day, like when you've had a bad race. So it's still Phil? Yes, Phil. Yes.
0: Kimmy yeah. in 2007.
1: No. Mark Webber. Okay, we haven't got enough time. It was Hamilton, and it was on Sunday. Oh, oh, clever. Okay, and then, um, so this has got two parts to it. So I'm going to be the interviewer and the interviewee. So we'll start off. It wasn't so long ago that you said the chance had gone to win the championship, but it now has all come right. (laughs) Ross,
2: Terry, (laughs) Phil. Oh, come on. No,
1: listen, I haven't fucking <laughs> finished yet. And then the driver said, I don't remember that. Must have been someone else. Two. No. Phil. Yes, Phil.
0: Give me Rikerman,
1: 2007. Oh, that was good.
0: Was it right? Yeah, he said that for every answer.
1: Yeah, it was right. Okay, Ray.
0: yeah,
1: Three, two to <laughs> Phil. And then yeah. the final one. We stole the pit board and took it to a disco. We then had this big sign saying "Bleep World Champion" at our table all night, fail. just to make sure we Terry. kept a uh-huh. low profile. Yes.
2: Jensen yeah, Button,
1: 2009. Fail. No. No, it
2: was Bettle, 2010.
1: No. 11.
2: No. 13. It wasn't. 12.
1: It
0: wasn't. No, 12. think about it. can god, not look.
1: No. Yes. Fernando Alonso,
0: 2005.
1: No, okay, imagine who would have said that, okay? Kimi
2: Raikkonen, in 2007. No. Um, Lewis Hamilton in
1: 2008. No. Can you repeat um, the quote? I've forgotten it. We stole the pit board and took it to a disco. We had this big, big sign saying bleep world champion at our table all night, just to make sure we kept a low profile.
0: Phil, Michael
1: Schumacher yeah. in 2004.
2: No. I can't think of any other world champions.
1: That would have done that.
2: Well, Kimi Räikkönen, Jensen Button.
1: No. Jack Villeneuve. <laughs> no. Hakkinen, Damon Hill. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you. OK. It was Nico Oh. I said Did you? Did he? Yes.
2: Oh, let Phil have that one, All then.
1: right. So that's 4-2 to Phil. And now it's time for the State of F1 with Terry Saunders. <laughs>
2: Okay, so it's done. Lewis did it and frankly that's amazing that that little prick that pissed Alonso off in 2007 is now a five-time world champion, whereas Alonso is now a little prick. (laughs) But for all the noble talk of the best drivers getting the best cars and that's why he's done so well, it does have to be said that he's won most of these championships in an era where his car dominance has been, shall we say, unfair? This has been the closest year and if it wasn't for Ferrari stepping on rakes at every opportunity then it might have gone to the wire, but even so we have a two-tier Formula One and that needs changing. Kimi won a race in a Lotus Renault five years ago and since then only Ferrari, Mercedes and Red have won a race. Alonso is a prick, but he's right that most of the weekend is pointless as at best any other team can get his seventh, although if Alonso was still in a Ferrari he just wouldn't give a shit about that I'm sure. There are some tweaks to the rules next year, but they are all for overtaking, and that's just going to mean that the top teams can do more lapping. F1 is broken, it needs fixing. But don't worry, I have a solution. Obviously, we've talked before about budget cuts, which will never happen, but Ross Braun has finally been listening to me, hello, Ross, by the way, by talking about restricting data. But I, like all philosophers and deep thinkers, have to think steps ahead of all the people who are involved. And I say, instead of restricting data, we need to, restrict the drivers. Currently they're allowed days to go around the track, months in a simulator to learn every corner and bump. So the chances of them making mistakes are minimal. Learning the track for new drivers used to be a skill but now everyone has done so many virtual laps you have to question why even bother doing it at a real track. But simulator effort is a ridiculous idea and it will never work. So restrict the data and simulators and all that but let's not stop there. Let's restrict the drivers. From any laps of any type until maybe a few laps before qualifying even better don't let them know where the race is like a thoroughbred horse gets get blinkers on them and only release them into the car at the last minute so they need a few laps before they can even work out what currency they need <laughs> basically drivers and teams are too good i mean we need to do everything we can to screw it all up for them so let's make it harder by making everything harder
1: good that's my, like it. uh, it's a good idea answer It's not dissimilar
0: to an idea that a listener had a couple of weeks ago where he said ban all practices. Well, Terry
1: nicked it. That's
0: where I get all my good ideas from.
1: Okay. (laughs) So that is it from us. It's goodbye to Phil (laughs) point.
0: Goodbye. We haven't had time to talk about uh, the return of Esteban. No, not Ocon. He's out for next year by the look of it. But apparently Esteban Gutierrez uh, is interested in the Williams seat and is under consideration. So it's sort of like an Esteban tag team thing going on good
1: Good. and to Terry Saunders
2: and we haven't talked about it. Kubica who is actually saying today he might be a development driver for Ferrari next year Ooh. which means he's given up on a racing so uh, that's sad I suppose looking okay, good for Gutierrez so then good for Gutierrez not good for Ocon
1: so we'll be back in a week's time to discuss the Brazilian Grand Prix in the meantime check out our Facebook page facebook.com forward slash for F1's sake <coughs> and you can follow us on Twitter at for F1's sake you can buy stuff like our slightly dated T-shirts.
2: Well, they're all slightly dated, but they can be bought at ff1s.com forward slash shop shop. Wait for it. Slash shop.
1: Another slash. No, wait, it's not shop, shop, slash shop. It's just yeah. slash shop, shop, it's shop. It's like a shop within a shop. Thanks for listening. See you in a week. I've G. Carrers. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Podcast Network.